And this morning, I had an unusual desire to do a, a prophetic action. And so what I did was, since Nate was going to preach today, I just had an overwhelming feeling to do this. I've never done this before. But uh, I said, in, in honor of Nate, I'm going to wear sneakers. Amen. Praise God. What I didn't know was that what I was saying, God was saying prophetically, is you're going to put on the shoes of a next generation that has a word, a breakthrough word that's going to usher in a move of God that we haven't seen before. A move of God that's going to touch the millennials, not just here in the city, not just in the nation, but through the nations. God is going to speak through this generation. They're going to be a Joshua generation. They're not going to take no for an answer. They're going to seize the kingdom of God. They're going to take the dominion mandate that God has given them. And there is a remnant that is rising up in this day that although they might be wearing different shoes of the previous generation, but they're going to come in the power of God, in the glory of God, in the grace of God. So right now, prophetically, I say that get ready because another generation now is going to join the older generation and we're going to walk together and together we're going to seize the promises of God. Together we're going to bring the souls. Together we're going to preach the gospel. Together we're going to disciple the nations. Come on somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and praise God right now in this place like never before. Like this was the last moment on earth and you was about to go to heaven. Open up your mouth and lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and open up your mouth. Do not miss your blessing. This is a prophetic moment in the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen. God is doing something in this place. And I believe that the Spirit of the Lord was here last night, last week. He knew exactly what was going to happen today. And the reason why you're here today is because, because God is getting ready to do something in your life that you've been praying for, that you've been fasting for, that you've been tithing for, that you've been asking for. God is getting ready to do something, but what you got to do is push yourself to the other side. Come on now, listen to me. Push yourself to the other side. Exalt yourself, lift your voice up, and ask God to come into your life, into your situation, and give you the breakthrough that you've been asking for. wife in the hospital right now that she should have been out on Saturday but I believe that God is right here right now and he can hear my cry as a husband as a father and as a man of God I'm praying for my wife right now that there is healing from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet hallelujah Jesus you might not be praying for your wife but you might be praying for something else don't miss the moment open up your mouth God is getting ready to break the chains off your life. God is getting ready 
to break the chains off your life. Ready, Tony? One song, one song, and then we're going to go into it. My hope is built on nothing less. Blood and righteousness. I did not trust the sweetest friend. something brand new and last week pastor preached a wonderful powerful message on get up and go move let go of those old things that are stopping you from going from 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 get helping you get to where you need to go and i'm telling you right now that if you begin to do those things in your life and you begin to let go of the things that are stopping you from accomplishing what god is asking you to do the season of breakthrough is right in front of you if you just take that do it with me. Take that. Take that. Take that. Pastor spoke about taking that extra. Get up and go. What I'm telling you today, I'm telling you to put a praise on it. Before you even see what God is getting ready to do, I'm telling you to put a praise on it. A praise in advance. A praise saying, thank you, God. Even before I receive what belongs to me, I'm going to say thank you anyway. I'm going to praise you because of who you are. I'm going to praise you because I know that you're God. And I know that if I'm with you, nothing can come against me. I know that if I praise you, nothing can stop me. So I'm going to put a praise on it. Listen, when your hope is built on nothing less, when your hope is built on nothing less, 
than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You can't put your hope on anything else but God. The job will fail you. Your friendships will fail you. Marriage will fail you. If you put your hope on those things, it will fail you. But if you put your hope on God, if you lean on God, and if you put your hope on the Father of life, where there is no variableness, where he doesn't change his mind about you, whether if you sin or not, he doesn't care. He loves you anyway. He's there with open arms. You got to praise that God. You want some chains to be broken? You tired of being heavy? You tired of going in and out of the hospital? You tired of being frustrated and depressed and walking around defeated and frustrated? This is not the season for that. This is the season for overcoming. This is the season for triumphing. This is the season to rejoice, to be free, to dance like David danced. I said to dance like David danced. Oh, shut up. Dance like David danced. Free, unashamed of the gospel. Dancing like David danced. Singing like David sang. Praising like David prayed. No matter the circumstance. Listen, I could have been in the hospital right now. I could have said no. I could have been at the hospital. But what blessing would I get at the hospital? My wife is good. The blood is on her. The blessing is in the house. The blessing is in saying yes no matter what I'm going through. No matter what valley I'm dealing with. No matter what dry place I'm in. If I say yes to God, he says yes to me. The Bible says that if you ignore me in front of your friends, I will ignore you in front of my father. Jesus, I'm not ignoring you. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. Because if I put you first, all other things will be added on to me, God. Oh, yeah. My hope is built on nothing less. That means when my kids run away, and my kids are acting crazy, I gotta put my hope on Jesus that they'll come back to the Father of life. When my marriage is in shambles, and when things don't look like they should look. Last night at 2.30 at night, I was in the, I was in the, the, the room where my son and my wife and the, and the doctor came in with a negative report. And the first thing I told my wife was, whose report you're gonna believe? Because I would believe the report of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, whose report you're going to believe? Turn to your neighbor and say, I believe in the report of the Lord. Don't you understand that the enemy's trying to stop you? You think the enemy wants this to happen? You think the enemy appreciates this atmosphere? You don't think he was trying to stop you from coming to church? You don't think he was trying to stop you from receiving from me because of the way I look and how I talk and how I dress and how I speak? And how I interact. But when you got the spirit of God in you, you'll recognize real all the time. And we serve a real father. We serve a mighty God of king of kings and lord of lords. A mighty redeemer. A savior. A sovereign God. A redeemer. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah. 
oh God, Saboeth, Jehovah Shalom, my peace, my banner and my shield. We serve a God that, that rules over the nation, rules over the land. We're not trusting Donald Trump, we're trusting God. We're not trusting the movement, we're trusting God. Our faith is not based on bills and account how high and how low it is. We're trusting God. This season is a season that God is opening up the door for you. There is an open door in front of you. Are you going to walk through it? Or are you just going to look at the door being open and not walk in? That type of atmosphere is what invites God to your situation. This type of atmosphere is what says how hungry you are and how bad you want it. Because when you want it bad enough, you're willing to leave your wife in the hospital bed. When you ain't see your son for 16 hours and he was just born. When you want it bad enough, you're willing to go through the storm to be able to see what God is getting ready to do. When you want it bad enough, you're not going to trust a bank account. You're not going to trust a job. You're not going to trust because there's two people or one person in the sanctuary praising. You're going to trust God no matter what. And this is why he's the cornerstone. This is why he's the rock that we build on. This is why we come to church. This is why we praise. This is why we seek. The Bible says, cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. You may be seated in the presence of God. Ay, ay, ay. How much time I got? I don't even know. 30 minutes. You know what? Forget it. I'm not, I'm not even going to do that. You know, it's funny because the enemy is trying so hard to stop us because this church is called. This pastor is called. These ministers are called. And what's going on is that he, the enemy is trying so hard to divide so hard to keep us away from being united and to fight the good fight for faith. And he wants these youth to run away. He wants you adults to run away. He wants you to come to church and act like church is boring. We have to get connected to God. We have to push towards God. Because the enemy is really attacking us because we're that effective. What happens is that we're carrying some weight we shouldn't be carrying. We're walking with some shackles, we're walking with some chains, and we shouldn't be walking like that. And if we want to be obedient to what the pastor said last week, we got to be obedient to what God is asking us to do. And that is for us to use our weapons. And your weapons are not your feet, your weapons are not your bank account, your weapons is not your charm or your gift of gab. Your weapons is the spirit that's inside of you. Your, your weapons is what ins, the, 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 the livers of living water that are inside of you that bubble up whenever you see somebody struggling. Whenever you see somebody going through a trial or a test, that's when you know that God is asking you to do something totally different other than your friends, other than your family members. God is calling you. He's pulling on you. Right now, some of you are, are feeling that, that, that bubble, that, that, 
that burden like you want to do more. You want to seek God more. You want to get into his presence more. Some of you even got jealous when you seen some of these people getting breakthrough. And you say, I wonder why I'm not getting breakthrough. Because the enemy has his bound. He has his trapped. And he has us wanted to shut our mouth and keep us quiet. But this is not a season to be quiet. This is a season to be radical. Just like Barnabas, a blind man from birth, he heard that Jesus was coming. He heard that Jesus was coming. And he started to scream out, Rabbi, Rabbi, heal me. But the people around him wanted him to shut his mouth. Don't you understand that the enemy wants you to shut your mouth? Don't you understand that the enemy wants to stop you? He wants to stop you right where you're at. My life has been full of struggles. And I have an understanding now that God is in my life and I'm not changing that. And even when my life gets so hard and it gets so heavy, I'm never going to say no to God. And Barnabas had that in his spirit. Don't you understand when you want something bad, you got to go against the people that are going against you. You got to go against the situations that are going against you. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. She had to push through to get her blessing. She was struggling. Julio be struggling, but he be pushing through to get the blessing. And what happens is that when you push through, I just saw my wife give birth, going through contractions, sitting on a hospital bed, going through anesthesia and knives cutting her and opening her up all to give birth to something beautiful. Are you willing to go through the pain? Are you willing to go through the contractions? Are you willing to go through the process to see what God has for you? Because I'm so hungry that I want to do anything to get in the presence of God. I want to see what God can do in my life. Oh God, I want to see what the Lord has for me. I want to see how far he can take me, how far I can go. He even took me to Chicago where there was turbulence and I hate airplanes. But I did it because God wanted me to. I'm that hungry to stand on the corner block and my friends laugh at me and me still preach Jesus to them. Because I want to see the hand of God in their life. I'm that hungry that I'm willing to look uncool in front of my friends because I want God to shine in my life. I'm that hungry that I'm willing to preach to four youth in the back because I want to see God shine in their life. I'm that hungry that I'm willing to lose sleep to study so that I can come in with a word to be effective for you. How hungry are you for God to move in your life? Are you making excuses? Are you defeating yourself? Are you stopping yourself from your full potential? Are you stopping yourself before you even get an opportunity to run? Some of you don't even have a disability. What's your excuse? 
Some of you got perfect marriages. What's your excuse? Some of you got all the money in the world and you're still not giving. What's your excuse? And you're waiting for, for, for a word from God. God is waiting a word from you. There's people dying. Kids are dying. They're being taken away from their families. Overdoses in front of their children. What's your excuse? Barnabas was blind from birth. And the people around them probably had something going on with themselves too. They probably had some struggles. But they too busy hating on Barnabas because he wants to get his blessing. But when you want to get something from God, you can't be ashamed. You can't be sad to run to God. You can't feel bad for yourself. If I tell you that I got a million dollars for you, will you run to me? But God is saying, I have your healing in my hand, but you stand still. God is saying, I got a hundredfold ministry for you, but you don't study. God is saying, I got a breakthrough for you, but you don't ask. And Barnabas was in a place where he was tired of being in his situation. He was frustrated about being in his situation. That he didn't care what the higher authorities were saying. When you want a blessing, you can't care about what people say about you. You can't care about how you dress. You can't care about how you read or how you think or what your past was like. When you get frustrated with your situation, you get up from it. And you go to the answer. And you run to the source. And regardless of what the higher ups are saying, you got to do what God is telling you to do. And whatever the higher ups are saying, and whatever the people that got it all together were saying, how bad do you want it this season? How bad do you want this church to grow? How bad do you want to be able to do what God is telling you to do? What price are you willing to pay? Are you willing to go 40 days and 40 nights? The enemy tempting you? And you don't have no weapon. The only thing you got is the word of God. Are you willing to carry your cross? For 300-something miles, for the sins that you committed? Are you willing to get stabbed on your side? Are you willing to get spit on? Are you willing to get slapped? Are you willing for a crown of thorns to be put on your head? For somebody else? Jesus died to save you. Jesus died to heal you. Jesus died for your family. He died for your brothers and sisters. He died for the neighborhood. He died on that cross. And when he could have sent the angels, he chose not to. He was thinking about Gail, Jonas, brother James, his wife. He said, I can't do it. I love him too much. I can't do it. All the pain. And even when he wanted to pass it up, because he had the opportunity to say no. In that garden, 
He still said yes. That's why when I say, what is your hope built on? What is your trust built on? When things get too tough, you running? Jesus ain't do it. He's never turned his back on you. This is a season that what you saw earlier can happen every single service. But there's going to require a sacrifice from each and every one of us. It's going to require for the excuses to be thrown away. It's going to require for you to give a little more, even when you don't have it. It's going to require for you to put some trust and faith on a God that you've never seen with your physical eyes. It's going to require some sacrifice. But if you do it in this season, I guarantee you that God will show up in your life. Aren't you tired of going around the same thing? The same valley? Barnabas was. The woman with the issue of blood was. And they went to go get it. They ran to go get it. This lady was, I don't know how old she was, 80 years old? Nobody knows. We just know that she had a sickness for a very long time. And some of you have chains on you for a very long time. When are you going to shake them off? When are you going to be able to feel light again and rejoice? There's another story in the Bible, and with this I close. I don't have to preach for an hour. God is already here. God is already ministering. I don't got to do none of that. I know when to step aside and let God do what he got to do. I'm not crazy. You know, there's a story in the Bible with Paul and Silas. And they were on their way to a place of prayer. They were doing the work of God. They were trusting God in their journey. And here comes this lady with with the spirit of fortune telling, making money for the world. She was owned by magistrates and all types of people. She was making money for them. And Paul and Silas is just walking by doing the work of God. And the lady begins to pick on them. And the enemy is picking on you. The enemy's been poking at your situation. The enemy has been all up in your space. And we've been letting it rock. We've been letting it happen. And we've been off our post and off our guard for quite a long time. So Paul got upset. Because Paul is a real dude. And Paul told that spirit, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I command you to come out right now. And the spirit flee. And the owners of the lady saw her and said, what the heck is going on with you? Why are you not making us no money? Because when you put God in your situation, something else is going to stop. You didn't understand that. When you decide that you're going to begin to stand up with your authority that God has given you through the inheritance that belongs to you. 
God has given us an inheritance that belongs to us. He has given us the power of life and death that lives in our tongue. He has given us the power to rebuke and to cast out, to heal the blind and the sick and the mute and the, the crippled. God has given us the power. And when you step into that authority that belongs to all of us because nobody's exempt, not even if they're 13, 9, or 10, not even if you're 65, 40, or 100, if you're breathing the air that I'm breathing right now, God can still do something amazing with your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, your time is not up. Some of you thinking that you're going to retire. You ain't retiring. God still got work for you to do. Some of you feel like you're about to go into a new season. You're going into the season God is calling you into. Because there was purpose behind what was going on with Paul and Silas. A lot of times we feel like we're in the driver's seat and we're saying we're trusting God and God is taking me there and I'm making 100000 and I'm living right and I'm doing me and God is so good. But whenever you serve God, there's always going to be a trial. There's always going to be a test. When you are effective and when you have a calling in your life, the enemy is going to try to kill, steal, and destroy. And the Bible says that he is roaring like a lion looking for his opportunity to jump on you. And most of the time, that opportunity is when you're the weakest. That opportunity is when you're going through the toughest trial in your life. When you're supposed to be rejoicing, now the enemy wants to come in like a flood and raise up a standard. Now the enemy wants to come and try to attack you when you're supposed to be in a place of breakthrough. And Paul and Silas was doing the work. And now they had to rebuke this spirit because the spirit of the enemy is annoying. It's frustrating. And it got, to, it got to Paul so much that he got frustrated about it. I'm telling you right now, if you get frustrated about your situation, I'm frustrated about my wife being in the hospital. She should have been home yesterday. Why is she not home, God? Now I'm going to stand and ask God, no matter what goes in front of me, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. You want me to be here on a Sunday and preach? I'm going to be here on a Sunday and preach. And I'm going to do it with conviction. And I'm going to do it with love. And I'm going to do it with passion and desire. Because no matter what's going through in my life, God, I'm going to trust you through it all, Lord. So right now what you're seeing is some frustration, some godly anger. Because the enemy's trying to attack my family. And I'm not having that. Not only that, he's trying to attack my church. And I'm not having that either. No, devil, you can't have your way with Calvary Christian Fellowship. On 409 Underhill in Bronx, New York City, on Soundview Avenue. This place belongs to God. I'm declaring this place to the Lord. This place is called. So no matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to trust you through it. Can I get some people that no matter what is going on in their life, they're willing to stand up for God. They're willing to say, you first, Lord. No, you can't have Julio Rodriguez. No, you can't have Julio Maldonado. No, you can't have Cynthia Silas. No, you can't have Betty. No, you can't have Yvette. No, you can't have David Lugo. No, you can't have Tiffany. Come on now. If you know what's going on, you're going to stand in the gap for your brothers and your sisters. If you know what's going on, you'll stand in the gap for your pastor. You're standing in the gap for Pastor Gwen, Elder Ross, Minister Tony, Renee, Yesenia, 
I come against every weapon that's formed against them right now. I rebuke it right now. I call it on and void right now in Jesus' name. I said you can't have the youth of Calvary Christian Fellowship. The ones that we got and the ones that are coming. You can't have them. Because they belong to God. Oh, And that's what's going on right now with Paul. Paul got frustrated, not because of the lady, but because of the spirit that was in her. You got to love God so much that no matter what the world is giving the world, you got to be able to give God to the world. So she might have been giving those people hundreds of thousands of dollars, but that soul got saved for Jesus Christ. Hey, shot, no bullshit. That lady got healed, and man, she went to the, her bosses, and her bosses got upset. Because the world gets mad when somebody comes to Jesus. I said the world gets mad when somebody comes to Jesus. If you would have came into my hospital room, if you would have went into the ICU last night at 2.30 in the morning, while my wife was sleeping, I was in there interceding. I get upset when the enemy be trying to push me. I've been through too much to give up now. I said we've been through too much to give up right now. And she went to her bosses and her bosses got upset and they went to Paul and Silas and they got beat for doing the work of God. They got beat up. Rods, stones, smacked, spit on and then they got thrown into jail. They got thrown into jail for doing what God told them to do. And this is for somebody in here. I don't know who it is. And it's been burning in my spirit for two and a half weeks. Some of you are doing the work of God and the enemy's beating you up for it. And you don't know why you're going through the hard times that you're going through. But I'm telling you right now, and I don't know who this is for, hang on to God. Because you might be going through that for a reason. So Paul and Silas get thrown into jail. Not only do they get thrown into jail, they get put into the inner cell. That means that the jailer that was in charge of them said, these two are too much of a rebel. Calvary Christian, Calvary Christian Fellowship are too much of a rebel. Brenda is too much of a rebel. Joanna is too much of a rebel. Minister Mickey is too much of a rebel. Awilda, you're too much of a rebel. So the enemy says, I can't put you in the outer courts. I got to put you deep down in the jail. Oh, short, oh, no bullshit. Minister Tony, he's trying to put your Friday service in the inner cell. Because it's too powerful. He's been trying to put this Sunday service in the inner cell for way, way, way many times. Dennis, he's trying to put your son in the inner cell. So what happened was they get put into this inner cell. And the jailer did a couple of things wrong. The first thing that he did wrong was that he put him inside an inner cell 
he shackled them up. So he put the chains on them. And they shackled them by the feet. So they couldn't move. They could probably move two or one foot away from the wall. They couldn't get anywhere past that. So the enemy took away their foot. Enemy took away their walk. Then he goes, I'm going to shackle your hands so you can't move your hands either. So now the shackles is around their hand. Some of y'all has been in this position for a little bit. And you've been feeling like you can't get out of it. But I'm about to help you with that. Matter of fact, your neighbor's about to help you with that too. Because the first mistake that the jailer did was put two believers, not one. He put two believers in the same inner room. The Bible says the one would chase it down. Oh, God. Oh, man. The Bible said, wherever two or more gathered, in my name. Oh, in my name, in my name. Oh, yeah. The Bible says that wherever two or more are gathered in my name. Woo! 13 members said, I need you. Grab them. Say, I need you. I need you in the season. I need you in the season. I need you in the season. And then, and then, and then, and then look up to God and say, and say, wherever two are gathered. Woo! There is the Spirit of the Lord. Come on now. Come on now. So the jailer didn't know what he was doing because the enemy swears up and down that he knows you front and back. The enemy swears that he knows how to destroy you. But he doesn't know a thing because you don't belong to the enemy. The enemy didn't create you. Oh, yeah, listen to this. God created you. Oh, man. So the enemy shackled them, their feet and their hands, put them in the inner room after they were beat. So now, oh, man, this, ah, my back. My bills, my marriage, my divorce, my children, my job. Nobody loves me. Nobody calls me from Calvary. Why do I feel alone? Oh, yeah. I'm tired. I don't want to go to church on a Sunday. I feel beat up. And and that's exactly what the enemy tries to do. He gets you to a place where he wants you to glorify your situation instead of glorifying your creator and your savior and your redeemer and your healer. Oh, yeah definitely your healer you hear me babe 
Brenda, right now, you're a healer. Don't worry about the situation, Brenda. Worry about the healer. So, Paul and Silas is locked. And now, just like any normal person that would be in a prison, you'll feel like a prisoner, right? When people get incarcerated, they tend to give up. As a matter of fact, statistics show that when people spend more than 21 years in jail, they can't survive in the outside world because they get accustomed to being locked up. <laughs> they get accustomed to being in a small six by 12 room. So when they get put out into this world, they don't know how to handle it. So Paul and Silas had a decision to make. The first mistake was that he put two believers in the same room, not to mention two believers that were on fire for God. Bad idea. Don't you dare put me in a room with one of you guys. Because the roof will fall. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to those that are on fire right now. I'm talking to those that really want God to come in. I'm talking to those that really want to see the hand of God in this generation. I'm talking to those that no matter what's going on in their life right now, they're trusting God. So if God puts me and you in the same room, the enemy got some problems. The second situation that the, the jailer did wrong was that he did not cover their mouth. He might be able to shackle your feet. He might be able to take away your hands. He might be able to stop you from walking. But he can't stop you from praising. Oh! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! you from worshiping him he can't stop you from seeking him you heard what I said when I was in that ICU last night at 2 30 I couldn't tell what the doctors what to do I couldn't tell the machines what to do but I can open up my pride my mouth and praise the Lord Jesus I can open up my mouth and rebuke the enemy I can open up my mouth and call my king of kings I'm about to leave right now. Here we go. So now you get two people that were beat up and they're looking at this situation and they're seeing what the, what the jailer did. The jailer took away their sunlight. The jailer was able to put them in a situation where physically they didn't have no power. <laughs> well, physically they didn't have any power. But spiritually... They had all that they needed in their possession. I have a feeling that Paul and Silas realized that their weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through Jesus for the pulling down of strongholds. Let me say it again. Paul and Silas realized that their weapons are not carnal, 
But they're mighty through Jesus for the pulling down of strongholds. So now you get Paul and you get Silas in a room, beat up. They could have acted like a prisoner. They could have acted like they were defeated. They could have gave up the same way that you can give up, the same way that you can stop. The same way that the enemy wants you to feel like as if you're not in control. Like if it's God is not controlling your steps and ordering your steps and guiding your life. You can give up today. You got to make a decision. Because if you want these chains to break, they're not going to break on your own power. Come here, elder. Grab a side. Pull. 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 Is it breaking? Because physical is not going to work with the spiritual. And now Paul and Silas is in the room. And I'm trying to get this right. They're in the room. And now Paul is on this side. And Paul is frustrated. And Silas... It's on this side. And Silas is like, yo, Paul, check this out. I know they got us in shackles. I know they have us in chains. I know that we're beat up. I know that we're going through a whole lot right now. But I just feel like worshiping him. (laughs) And Paul being the leader that he is, Paul lifts up and go, what you said? Because I love Jesus too. And Paul said, there is power in the name of Jesus. And Silas said, oh, I know that song. I'm fat, sorry, I almost fell. I know that song. And Silas said, there is power in the name of Jesus. And Paul said, to break every chain. And Silas said, to break every chain. And then they come together in unison, together in one mind and one accord. And when that happened, the Bible says that there was a sound that came from heaven, an earthquake, and the shackles you want God to break something in your life turn to the person next to you and say let's praise together right now let's praise together right now let's stand together let's praise together let's rebuke this devil together in one mind and one accord Let's lift up the situation that we're dealing with in one mind and one accord. You want these shackles to come off your life? There is fellowship with your partner. Do not forsake the fellowship of the faints. To worship. Every chain. 